0: Morning, everyone. Uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, grant us ears to hear what you're saying to us this morning in your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, so, I'd like to begin this morning by talking about something: uh, hearing. And hearing is an interesting thing, isn't it? Can Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me now? Uh, that's something we might say to one another on the phone uh, when, it, when the line cracks up or when we're pretending the line cracks up. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes, that just came to me. My... <laughs> um, we might say, did you hear that? Um, we, we might say that when there's a loud sound somewhere that we're not normally accustomed to hearing. Maybe the fridge is being a bit extra loud or the cats are knocking things over. And all of those and many other similar references to hearing are about the sound waves entering our ears and then being recognized by our brain uh, through an amazing process designed by God. Um, If you haven't looked it up, I looked it up this week. It's amazing, go have a look. There's a thing that looks like a snail called the cochlea and there's amplification, there's even electrical signals. Um, I don't really know a lot about it, but I know it's really cool. So that's the first way we use hearing, isn't it? It's it's like sound waves entering our ears and, and then our brains. But there's another way we use the word here, isn't there? Uh, And that's to do with more than just the sound waves entering our ears and our brains. And let me illustrate it for you. Anyone like watching sport here? Anyone in the family of someone who likes watching sport but isn't so keen on themselves? (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) Uh, if, if, if that's you, then I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, when, when, when people are watching sport, sometimes they get so consumed with what's going on that they, 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 their sound waves are entering their ears from the loved ones, but they have no idea what was being said. There's no understanding. Um, and and, and that's, that's, they've heard in the first sense, but not in the second sense of understanding. And another example would be in conversation when you're talking to someone and then they look at you and sincerely they're like, I hear you. They're not saying the sound waves have entered my ear canal and then gone into my brain. No, they're saying, I understand what you're saying to me. So we have hearing and we have hearing. Sound waves, understanding. Um, we're going to see today in in Mark's account of, of Jesus, um, how Jesus calls people to hear. And uh, spoiler alert, it's more than just sound waves. <laughs> So in Mark, we find ourselves with Jesus once again by the seaside teaching and the crowds are massive. People are still flocking from all over the place to see Jesus. He's been healing people, casting out demons, teaching, and people want to see him. So many people are there that Mark tells us in verse one that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. Imagine what that was like. Imagine being a face in the crowd there. Jesus out on a boat, sitting and teaching, and the crowd gathered along the shore, waiting to hear him. People everywhere, Jesus out on the boat, all eyes and ears on him. And Mark tells us what Jesus was doing, what Jesus was teaching, teaching them many things in parables. Well, what's a parable? A simple definition is a, uh, where is it? An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Or another definition, a short story or saying that illustrates truth by comparison. It's a story that tells us truths, spiritual truths about the kingdom of God using uh, day-to-day realities. And Jesus told many different parables to many different audiences. Knowing the audience helps us to understand uh, what he was was saying. Um, And and Mark has told us who Jesus' audience is here. It's the masses. So this we're going to see is Jesus' message to the masses. Another few things to watch out for with the parables are repetition. Um, We have repetition of listen and hear in this one. And another thing is is what it starts with and what it ends with. And, And this one starts with listen and ends with he who has ears to hear let him hear. So Jesus is really emphasizing the hearing side of things. It's uh, this parable that Jesus tells, the parable of the sower, is a lot about hearing. And it's a lot about how we hear, and in particular, how we hear Jesus. So what is Jesus' message for this massive crowd of people? What does he want them to hear? Well, It's an agricultural message in verses 3 to 9. Or at least that's how it first appears. Jesus makes use of the imagery of a sower. That's someone who sows seeds. uh, Seeds, different, different kinds of ground upon which the seed is sown. And in this message, he communicates truth about what happens when the sower sows seed. The seed that's sown on the path that gets eaten up by the birds There's seed that's sown on the rocky ground that springs up quickly but dies when the sun comes out because there's no roots. There's seed sown amongst thorns and the thorns grow up and choke it and it proves unfruitful. And finally, there's seed sown on the good soil that produces a bumper crop of grain. And from an agricultural perspective, that all rings true and appears to be a fairly straightforward explanation of what happens when a sower sows seed on different types of soil. But remember, this is a parable. There's more to this than the apparent agricultural message. has told us that Jesus was teaching in parables back in verse two. And remember that Jesus has told us to listen and that he who has ears to hear, let him hear in verse nine. That would be a very odd thing to say if this were meant to be taken just at face value. I've never been to agricultural college uh, but I don't imagine that any agricultural textbooks outline a whole lot of stuff about crops and then at the end say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. <laughs> Jesus says those words for a reason. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Tells us that there's something more going on than what, than what first appears. The explanation so far has been very straightforward. Everyone would have understood so why say that? Why say, listen, why say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear? Well, just, this is not a diversion from Jesus' mission so far to impart some first century Israeli farming tips. This is, this is Jesus continuing his current mission, his ultimate mission of, of, of bringing his kingdom and of saving people as he does it. And so if this isn't farming tips, what is this teaching? What, what is it all about? What truths about the king and his kingdom are here in this agricultural illustration? Remember that question because we'll get to it in a moment. Um, but first, we're going to have a look at see that not everyone understands what Jesus is saying. And also that that appears to be by design. Have a read with me of verses 10 to 12. And when he was alone those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Jesus uh, tells his disciples, those along with the twelve who asked him about this, that they've been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. And then he quotes from Isaiah chapter 6 to explain why. To explain why it's in parables. It's in parables for those on the outside that they might see but not perceive, that they might hear but not understand. Otherwise, they'd turn and be forgiven. If, if that strikes you as confusing, then... Don't worry, you're not alone. I'm sure everyone's confused, uh, but this is this is the way that Jesus is describing how he's using this parable. So, unlike the way we often think about parables as just making obvious the things of the kingdom of God with simple illustrations everyone could understand, here the truth is made known to others, uh, made known to some, and hidden from others. And parables are used in multiple ways in the scriptures but here it's clear that Jesus is using parables in a way that some people will hear and truly hear and others will hear, but not truly hear. And this appears to be a judgment on the people. The message is spoken to them in what are simple terms, but they just don't get it. It's kind of like that, that sound wave hearing, but not real hearing. They will not listen to Jesus and they cannot listen to Jesus. But it's also worth noting that in the context of Isaiah, which Jesus has quoted, where it's clear that God is, is bringing his judgment, there is still hope. The tree is felled, but there is hope of a holy stump. While there are many people who don't hear, or who hear but, but don't hear, there are those who hear and truly hear. And as we'll get to see how this this happens when Jesus unpacks this parable. So, as promised, we're now going to talk about what truths about the king and his kingdom are here in this agricultural illustration. Uh, One of the things I love about the parable of the sower is that we have Jesus' divinely authoritative explanation of what it means. We're not left wondering how to understand this, but we're given the same insight Jesus gave to his disciples. By reading these words of Jesus in the divinely inspired word of God, we're shown how to rightly understand this parable. And by giving us this example, Jesus then gives us the framework for how we are to understand all the parables. Because he gives us this pattern for how we are to look at them. He shows that far from being uh, farming tips, this is all about how people hear the word, the word of God all about the different responses to the word sown. And worth mentioning is that every group hears in some capacity. I'll have a read of it in a second. But only one group hears in the true sense, true hearing. Have a look with me as we read it, and I'll emphasize when we get to the word here. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 fold and 60 fold and a hundredfold. All hear, but only those on the good soil bear fruit. Only those on the good soil accept the word that's been spoken to them. None of the others bear fruit And whether that's through rejecting Jesus straight away, not being grounded in Jesus and his word or getting up, getting caught up in this life, all of those lead to bearing no fruit and rejecting Jesus himself. Uh, We should define our terms. The word here I take to be referring to the message of Jesus, which he's been preaching the massive news of his arrival as King, the establishment of his kingdom, the salvation that he brings this message he's been telling everyone of turn away from your rebellion against God and trust Jesus the savior king and that that message is also the message of the word of God the bible which is which is yeah which is also rightly called God's word and 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 that message is is right through the bible you can see it if you, if you read we start in Genesis and look at God's promise of one who would crush the serpent. You can see God's promise of the, the coming Messiah to Abraham, and it goes on and on and on. That message of the Savior King Jesus is the message of the Bible. So that's, that's the word we're talking about here. Um, we're going to look at each of the different responses that uh, Jesus outlines. And I want us to think about our own hearts and ask ourselves the question, how do I hear Jesus? Do I hear Jesus with mere sound wave hearing or with true hearing? Do we have ears to hear the word Jesus speaks to us? And as we reflect on this, we get to see the relationship that Jesus calls for. Uh, the, there are four different responses and um, some helpful names that I've seen that I didn't come up with, but are hard heart, shallow heart, divided heart, and fruitful heart. So we'll look at those in order. Let's start with hard heart. This is the one where the seed is sown on the path and the birds devoured it. And Jesus tells us that this refers to where the word is sown and then people hear and Satan immediately takes it away. Uh, this is like it going in one ear and out the other, uh, being dead on arrival. We could call this the word on the street. They they hear the message of Jesus, (laughs) they hear of his coming kingdom, but they reject him straight away. They go Satan's way of rejecting Jesus. Uh, If you've tried to share the gospel, the word of Jesus with people in your life, um, I'm sure you will have come across this at some point. It's devastating, isn't it? People responding with hard hearts to the message of the Savior King whom we all desperately need. Uh, This person uh, doesn't see their need for Jesus and they don't honour him as king. Instead, they reject Jesus in favour of autonomy, that self-rule, wanting to call the shots. And maybe, maybe you're sitting there thinking that Jesus isn't really for you. That this whole message about him being king doesn't fit with what you want. Well, Jesus clearly warns us here, doesn't he? That to reject Jesus the king is to go the way of Satan. And that's not a path we ever want to go down, the hard-hearted path. The second response is that of the shallow heart, the seed that's sown on the rocky ground where it had no depth of soil and rose quickly. But when the sun came up was scorched since it had no root. Jesus tells us that this is where the word is sown and the hearers immediately receive it with joy. And we think, oh, that sounds good. They're stoked. They're enthusiastic, but not so fast. They have no root in themselves. They endure for a little while. Then when tribulation or persecution, that's hard times. When hard times comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. This is the word with no root. Those with, with shallow hearts hear And the message bounces in quickly, but it bounces out just as quickly when things get difficult. Uh, These are the people who hear the message that Jesus is king and rejoice, but instead of being rooted and grounded in the word, their profession is shown to be superficial. And it becomes apparent when tough times come. As quickly as they shot up, they're scorched. As quick as they accepted the message of Jesus, they reject him. And if we've been around church for a while, we've probably seen this happen too. And it's so sad to see someone we thought was genuinely responding in faith in Jesus, who seemed to be so excited about Jesus, back up their bags and say Jesus isn't for them anymore. It's devastating. We live in a world and a place where it's becoming increasingly harder to be a Christian. There's a cost to following Jesus, and Jesus promises that persecution will come for us just as it did for him. We can't say we follow the king who was crucified and expect to follow him somewhere else. That's what these people do. And then when the tough times come, they abandon Jesus. Maybe, maybe you feel this way. Maybe you feel like your faith in Jesus is only there because things are going pretty well. Maybe you feel a desire for self-preservation that could lead you to abandon jesus what will protect us from going down this path well the opposite of what leads these people this way instead of having no roots in jesus and the word we need to dig down deep roots into jesus and his word why because then when persecution comes we'll stick it out the sun won't scorch us because we'll be prepared so be rooted in the word of Jesus, the message of salvation in the King, and be rooted in the word of God, the Bible, and be, be grounded in him. Then we come to the divided heart. If you've been sitting there thinking, well, this is a great sermon, it doesn't apply to me. Uh, well, then you're in more luck than you thought, because it does. <laughs> I think uh, this section is the one that's the most challenging to most of us in the church. Uh, while we've likely seen people respond uh, in the, ways, the first two ways with hard hearts and shallow hearts, people with hard hearts and shallow hearts don't typically hang around church. They usually leave after that becomes apparent. But the divided heart response is something we all have to fight. And it's a problem even for those who've been in church for a long time. It's the problem of a heart that does not bear fruit, a heart that is, the wor- that, that is caught up in the weeds The word in the weeds, it's a crowded heart, a divided heart. The seed is sown among the thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it bore no fruit. Jesus tells us that this refers to those who hear the word, but three things choke it, and it proves unfruitful. Those three things are the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. I want us to think about those things, to examine our hearts, to see where we need to turn away from those things and to trust Jesus, our Savior. And I've got some questions for us as we think about them. So the cares of the world is is living more for the here and now than the there and then. And what I mean by that is more living for the earth now rather than the, the new creation to come where we'll be with Jesus forever. And the question we can ask ourselves there is, do we live right now? Do I live for right now or do I live for eternity? And if, if we ask ourselves that question, it's a helpful one to to examine. We're we making decisions. Am I living for right now or am I living for eternity? That's the cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. Our wealth provides an illusion of control, an illusion of security an illusion of independence, and it makes us think we don't need to rely on God. So some questions to ask ourselves. Is our security in money or is it in God? Is money our master or is God? Have I bought the lie that money offers me what only God can? The deceitfulness of riches. It will never provide what we need, but it makes it look like it can desires for other things at the end of the day it involves wanting things more than Jesus do i want what the world offers more than i want jesus that's what we do every time we sin it's it's idolatry to not have god as god but to put something else before him whether that's ourselves that relationship the perfect house car you name it do i want what the world offers more than what i want than i want jesus these are the people who hear the message of king jesus but other things get in the way and it becomes less and less about jesus and more and more about the here and now jesus gets crowded out The world looks upon these people as fruitful, having everything one could ever want. But Jesus exposes that a life lived for here is one that has no fruit at all. And as Jesus said elsewhere, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Meaning you can have absolutely everything from the world's perspective mansions yachts cars relationships money friends family pleasure freedom to do as you please but if you don't have jesus you have nothing nothing that will last so what will protect us from going down this path of crowding jesus out with other things it's loving jesus more than anything the world offers not getting comfortable here seeing through the illusions of the world to the reality that the world and wealth fails to deliver on its promises. It promises control, security, and salvation. But what it really does is takes control of us and takes our focus away from God and enslaves us. Uh, It's funny, in, in our language, we have words like permanent residency and forever homes but really, we're all on a temporary visa here. <laughs> our, our forever home is heaven. Don't believe the lie that the here and now is the thing to live for. Jesus died to save us from that. Finally, the fruitful heart, the bumper crop, the word with lots and lots of fruit. This is the ones sown on the good soil who produce grain 30, 60, 100 fold. That's tons of fruit. Uh, Imagine, imagine that a hundred times. Who are the ones like this? How do they hear? How do they hear Jesus? Well, unlike the others, this group hears Jesus, not only on some surface level, but truly hears, truly hear that Jesus is the King. Acknowledge their need for him and accept him. Truly believe in Jesus, the Saviour and King. Jesus tells us that they hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. That's the kind of hearing that King Jesus is calling for. A hearing that leads to accepting that leads to fruit bearing. Hear the message of Jesus, the King, accept Jesus as King and bear fruit. It's, it's obvious that this is the best way forward. It's the only way that bears fruit. It's the only way that hears Jesus the way he ought to be heard. And in the parable, it's pretty obviously the only way that leads to a good agricultural outcome, fruit. And in reality, trusting Jesus as king is the only way to a good eternal outcome, eternal life with Jesus. So we we should ask ourselves the questions, have we heard Jesus as he truly ought to be heard? Have we just let the sound waves wash over us or have we taken to heart what Jesus has said? And have we accepted it? Because it's one thing to hear and understand, but we need to not only hear and understand, but accept what Jesus has said, to take on board his, his assessment of everything. He's God himself come to this earth and, and he's telling us that we are rebels who need saving and that he's come to save us. So we must accept that. Message And then he calls us to bear fruit. Uh, notice that it, we're not bearing the root, we're bearing the fruit uh, that God has provided everything for us, for our salvation, uh, for, for us to, to, to be in him. And he provides us with the, the ability to bear that fruit. And, um, and he, he calls us then to live in light of the fact that we belong to the Savior and King, the Lord Jesus. So remember that this this final one the fruitful heart is the only way to a good eternal outcome let's pray lord jesus thank you so much